when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Trusted by generations of farmers. Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Putting your animal nutrition needs first. Welcome to our program. I'm John O'Connor. Coming up, 38 million euro payments now underway. New carcass classification arrangements for 2019 details. Contract heifer rearing. IRD Duhallow CEO Miss Maura Walsh pays tribute to long-serving staff members at IRD, coinciding with the IRD AGM. Our top story, BDGP payments. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Michael Creed, on December 13, 2018, announced that payments had commenced under the Beef Data and Genomics Programme. Minister Creed said he was particularly pleased that payments had commenced for the fourth year of this innovative programme, which would bring about reductions in Ireland's greenhouse gas emissions, while also introducing genetic technology into the national herd, thus improving farm profitability. These payments, worth €38 million, had commenced issuing to 21,000 farmers who had verified their compliance with the 2018 requirements. Mr Edmund Moakley, B&T Dairy Advisor, Chagask Advisory, Moorpark for Moy, County Cork, joins us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme. First of all, Edmund, welcome to the programme. Now, before we look at the subject of contract rearing of heifers, I understand you have details of some upcoming meetings, two very important upcoming meetings, both on Tuesday, 18th of December, 2018. John, there's two events coming up in the Tagusk Advisory on Tuesday of next week. So these events, the first one is a traditional farm building scheme event. So I suppose, look, there's some beautiful farm buildings as you go around to certain farms throughout the country. The traditional farm buildings grants have been in place for a couple of years. Not everyone is fully up to speed. Them. I know that I have a couple of clients that would be very interested in them, and they have farm buildings inside in the main farmyard and the old farmyard complex that they would like to preserve and what they can do and what they can't do with the grants that are available. So that event is on, on the farm of Barry Cronin, Morn Abbey Mallow. The speakers include Chris Southgate, he's a conservationist specialist, with Conor Kelleher, a stonemason, and local Tagusk advisors. You can apply for the scheme. They'll find out about the applications that will be coming out for January then on the day as well. So that's on the farm. It's a traditional farm building scheme event, and it's on the farm of Barry Cronin, Morn Abbey, Mallow, and it's on Tuesday, the 18th of December, 2018, at 11 a.m. The second event next week, John, 
is a Tagus Sheep Seminar. So this is also on Tuesday the 18th of um, December at 7pm at Cornmart for Moy. So the agenda for the Tagus Sheep Seminar is your nutrition is covered and pre-lambing is covered by Brian Gary, who's the Roman livestock nutritionist here in Tagusk. Animal intake resistance is covered by Dr. Orla Keane, a research officer with Tagusk. The clean livestock policy is to be covered by David Caldwell with the Department of Agriculture. And then there finally there's an update on the sheep sector from Sean Dinehy, who's the National Sheep Chairman with the IFA. That's open to everyone again and all are welcome to attend. That's great. And just briefly going back to the meeting regarding traditional farm buildings uh, scheme, that's on Tuesday 18th. And what time does that start on the land of Mr Barry Cronin in Moorn Abbey? The traditional farm building scheme event is on Tuesday the 18th of December 2018 and that starts at 11am and it's on the farm of Barry Cronin, Moorn Abbey, Mallow, County Cork. Um, you can contact your local advisory officers for more details on the event anyhow. Can we look at the subject of contract rearing of heifers? Last Thursday, Chagask organised a major information event uh, regarding contract rearing of heifers, contract uh, rearing of heifers, uh, what it is and uh, the best way to operate this uh, system. On the 13th of December, we held an event in Corn Mart. Um, it was originally planned out by Tom Corn, who would be the infrastructure specialist, and Michael Burke, my colleague here as a dry stock advisor in Moore Park and myself, we got two of our farmers who were involved in contract rearing, a dairy farmer and a contract rearer. And we were also joined by Owen Ryan to meet up with people who would be interested in the alternative, I suppose, to the other alternative, another option that's in dry stock farming. Firstly, John, you asked me what is contract rearing. So basically, it's a business arrangement between a dairy farmer and a rearer. I suppose like any business arrangements, if they're going to be successful and if you're going to have success with it, it has to be a win-win for both parties. Okay, if one party is losing out, it's not going to last. Um, there's going to be issues, disagreements, the things that people are fearful of before they get into any arrangement. So, like, it has to be a win-win and both parties have to be accepting of that. If not, maybe not for them. You're looking at trust, you're looking at flexibility, things are going to change. 2018, we had drought, we had a long period of snow, we had very wet weather, we had every, every extremity. It puts pressure on all farming systems. So there has to be a bit of flexibility on both the behalf of the dairy farmer, who I'd be dealing with mainly, and the dry stock farmer. And like good communication are critical to success. Now, I suppose one of the speakers, we had two speakers. There was Donald O'Reilly, who was a dairy farmer from Watergrass Hill. And we had Donald Howard, who was an agricultural contractor and contract rarer from Ballinaw. So like the big thing that both of them pointed out is good communication are critical to the success. And that communication is farmer to farmer, not coming through a third party, but that if you have an issue, say it out. The written agreement then is put there for the contract rearing. So the written agreement is important to keep a record of what is actually agreed when they meet up initially. And a forward budget is put in, plan, in place then to plan out what the costs are going to be. I suppose from a Department of Agriculture point of view, these heifers are transferred to the heifer rear or to the rearer's herd number for the period of time that they're being reared. And all conditions relating to TB and animal movement would be, have to be adhered to. But there is certain um, concessions in the case of a TB outbreak and things like that. This can apply to tillage farmers who have good um, facilities that they might have had a beef unit on the farm previously. It applies to dairy farmers who are looking to get out of the mundane task of, of milking the cows morning and evening and just want a simpler system to put on their farm. It applies to the suckler farmer who's looking at their returns, looking at profit, or looking at the accounts at the end of the year and going, 
how do I start making a return on what I'm doing? Um, these farmers, we know all the challenges that have been there in the past year with the increased costs and, I suppose, the reduced demand. So it is open to a whole host of people. It's an option. It's, we're not saying that it's for everyone, but it definitely is an option, and it's an option that can deliver a return. Like, both farmers will sit down, they do the agreement, they put their own costings in place, so like every farmer knows what different things cost them. They all put a value on their own labour, they put a value on the land that they may be leasing in or they may own. So you put all that into calculator, you work out over the period that you're proposing to keep the heifers for and how much then can you charge per day on the basis of that. And there's something in it for both parties. From my perspective, I'm a dairy advisor. Um, I'm dealing with dairy clients. And I suppose what has it got to offer my clients? So the first one is, like, okay, you could point out that Donald was a progressive farmer, let's say, big herd, but like, it applies to all herd size. So the first thing is, it's an opportunity. Everyone has a limited grazing block. Some people are more fortunate than others. They have a bigger grazing block. But it's an opportunity to replace young stock that you may be carrying on a grazing block with milking cows, which can generate more income by better utilising time with the dairy herd. The dairy farmer's primary goal is get milk in the tank, get that milk sold. That's how they make their living mainly. Um, if you think of it from a young stock point of view, one not to one and roughly one one to two is equal to a dairy cow. So that applies for nitrates, that applies for greenhouse gases, a whole host of other stuff. The next thing is that 2015 saw with the abolishment of the quotas, uh, that has led to more cows, more calves, heifers, more silage needing to be made, more housing was needed for the extra stock, with these numbers of very high-quality heifers that have been coming on board. And the big one that that's led to is, and we're facing into it fairly shortly, is the intensity of the spring workload. So we're looking at springs getting busier and busier, and I suppose like all sectors, staff are getting more difficult to find. So you can offload the heifers and give them the responsibility to the dry stock farmer, Getting meat into the tank is the dairy farmer's number one concern. If a farmer's contract rearing, getting those heifers back to the dairy farmer in calf and at the required targets is the contract rearer's gains. So like the critical practices then that are applied in it, you have the heifers, which are the highest EBI animals in the herd. Anyone who's practicing um, using AI and who's breeding to try and improve the merits of the herd are improving the herd. And so the heifers would be the best of that herd. They're the next generation. You have the weight gain, so like the contract rarer has a responsibility to weigh those heifers based on the contract, obviously, that would be planned out, but to weigh those heifers and see they're on target. There was targets being, they were thrown around last night, they were different. Um, some contract rarers have different targets, but like roughly we'd be talking 95% in calf at six, at eight weeks. The dairy farmer then provides the AI straws or the bulls, depending on what the rarer would like to work with. If the heifer rarer maybe is working off farm or does diff- other complications, synchronization of those heifers so that they all come in heat together is another technique that can be applied and like the other practices you decide who pays and how this will be done that has to be planned out initially the heifer rearing information event held in Corrin for Moy there last uh, Thursday night to remind people of how the event went well John I suppose um, Billy Kelleher our local manager here in East Cork opened the event and shared it and Michael Burke the dry stock advisor worked with Donald Howard who's a um, contract rarer based as I said in Ballynaw and they give a presentation on a contract rarer, what he needs to get out of it, what he can expect to be doing in it, what the different practices are, and how he's going to get a good return out of it. Michael also showed, let's say, the dry stock sectors, what came back from the profit monitors in 2017 and where people are at. And like, just to highlight, I suppose, that where contract rearing is relative to other dry stock enterprises. 
I then had Donald O'Reilly, who's one of my clients from Watergrass Hill and is the current and outgoing Glenbia Manager of Farmer. So Donald started contract rearing in 2017. Donald just gave an overview of his experiences, how he found the right person, uh, how he worked out how much he could afford to pay, went back and we delved into, I put up a costing that's been published on from 2015 and put it out there as €1,200 Euros as the cost of rearing a heifer for 24 months. So it was a figure put out there, and it could be one to cause debate, but like Don said that he had looked at that figure initially and questioned it and said it never cost that, but went back and started looking at it and see how it could cost up to that and how it was costing up to that in some cases. Overall, there was about 170 at the event. Um, sorry, Owen Ryan spoke at the end as well. He was from the department. He gave an overview of TB and why there is the different criteria has to be met when you're moving heifers between two herds, which was very useful information and good insight. But like there was 170 people there mixture of dairy farmers and people, dry stock farmers, there was some tillage farmers there, travels long distances, uh, so there is an appetite out there for this, uh, as I said it's not for everyone but there is an appetite for it and I suppose we in Tagusk are there to facilitate it and for the people, the right people, we will try and help them going forward, working out costings and Michael Burke is currently setting up a discussion group as well in the locality specifically for contract rares so that they could get together, like-minded people, get like-minded people together, and work out what they need to get out of it and what practices they need to be up to speed on. Mr. Edmund Boakley, B&T Dairy Advisor, Chagas Advisory, Moor Park near from Oyen County Cork. Thank you, Edmund. John, thank you. Dairy Gold Agri Business for quality feed, expert service, and support you can trust. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine Michael Creed on December 12, 2018 confirmed that enhanced controls on carcass presentation trim will be fully rolled out from January 1, 2019. A new system whereby Veterinary Public Health Inspection Service staff will assist staff of the Beef Carcass Classification Unit to provide additional assurance in relation to the regulation of trimming of carcasses by factories has been established. The new monitoring system is currently being piloted in a number of factories with full rollout to all factories planned from January 1, 2019. The Minister's statement said the additional monitoring of carcass presentation by his department, veterinary public health staff, would provide further assurance to stakeholders that the appropriate dressing specification was being applied. These staff would provide a supporting role for the beef carcass classification staff. Upskilling of department staff had occurred at regional seminars and local training of officers is being provided. Furthermore, information seminars were being held for both industry and farm representative bodies. Minister Creed said this new system of controls in processing facilities with 150 personnel specifically trained to provide additional support in carcass classification had been established to provide farmers with absolute assurance that the appropriate dressing was being applied. The Minister said... Carcass classification and carcass presentation trim controls in slaughter plants was carried out by a dedicated team of specialist staff in the beef carcass classification section within the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine. 
the department's remit under EU legislation is to carry out unannounced inspections to ensure that meat plants comply with these legislative requirements for classification, weights and trim. Department inspectors, the statement pointed out, were underpinned by EU legislation. The EU legislation states specifically that the reliability of the classification of carcasses and monitoring of carcass presentation of bovine animals should be verified by regular on-the-spot checks carried out by bodies that are independent from the inspected establishments responsible for the classification, the classification agencies and qualified classifiers. 1.7 million carcasses had been slaughtered to December 2018, the statement went on. To date, in 2018, there had been 521 inspections across 32 slaughter plants and 44,332 carcasses had been inspected by classification officers. On average, each factory has been inspected 16 times to date, with an average of 85 carcasses per inspection. The legal requirement is eight inspections per year on only 40 carcasses per inspection. To date, in 2018, a total of 19 on-the-spot fines had been issued for non-compliance with the reference carcass trimming specification. Under legislation, brackets SI 363-2010, end brackets, non-compliance with the carcass trim specification attracts a maximum on the spot fine of €200 per carcass. In 2016, 28 on the spot fines were issued for non-compliance with EU reference carcass trimming specification. Minister Creed added that from January 1st, 2019, processors would introduce a payment to the farmer supplier to reflect any loss in each case where the department applied a trim fine on a particular carcass. Such payment would be identified on the payment remittance docket so that farmers would be aware of the penalty. In addition, Minister Creed said his department has had a number of seminars to ensure the rules around trim are clearly understood and properly executed. And these have been well attended, he pointed out, by plant personnel. Concluding his statement of 12th of December, the Minister said, in addition, his department would publish the names of plants in which on-the-spot fines had been applied with effect from 1st of January 2019. He also intended to publish the names of plants in which such fines had been levied in 2018 and 2016 before year-end, subject to the completion of a number of formalities, and that statement from the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, dated Wednesday, 12th of December, 2018. Dairy Gold Agribusiness. For quality feed, expert service and support you can trust. Miss Maura Walsh, CEO, IRG Dohallo, joins us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme. First of all, Maura, welcome to the programme. Now, the final IRD board meeting of the year for 2018 has just taken place this evening, Thursday, 13th of December 2018. It's been a very busy year. Indeed, John, we had our final meeting of the year for, for 2018, looking forward to 2019, of course, at this stage and setting out the budget for that. So we had a very successful meeting, very good attendance. We have fantastic volunteer effort and great volunteers on our board and I want to thank them 
very sincerely. We have a new chairman, of course, this year, elected a chair, uh, and our new chairman hails from the southern Duhalo area. Um, she's Mary Wallace, who's I think originally hails from Bale Nabla, but has been married for a number of years, of course, in Dunamore, and a very good community activist and great woman in the community there. She has been, I think, served a full term of three years on the board already, so she's well used to our operations. And she has taken over the helm, of course, from Anne-Marie Burke, who has served her full three-year term and stepped down this year at the end of that. And we did a little presentation tonight, of course, to Anne-Marie as well, to mark her leaving the board and to thank her for her service. She was a very enthusiastic, very positive person, great woman to instill you know, energy and enthusiasm into board meetings, a great listener and very you know, encouraged, I suppose, every board member to say and to have their say and not to be leaving it to the few all the time. Um, of course, then Mary's a new chairman. She's a very uh, mild person, very dedicated, uh, huge, very, I suppose, stoic is the word I would use. Um, I've dealt with her in, in her capacity as a community leader for a number of years, and then she was on as a, a representative from, from the, the Dunamore region. And they've done fantastic work in Dunamore, and she heads up their uh, community alert, very, very um, involved in that region. This evening, a very important event took place. You had recognition, a very nice ceremony to recognise the long-serving staff members of IRD, some going back right to the establishment of IRD and still associated with IRD or working with IRD. So recognition of long-serving staff. I think you have details of the names of those people, Maura. Yes, indeed, they're fresh in my mind because uh, we had to do a little bit of research over the last couple of nights. And I want to thank Louise Burke, a colleague of mine who did a, a lot of work in helping me put this together. So we divided it into three categories. It's the first year we've done it, so we had to divide it into three categories. So we had those with 10 years plus, 15 years plus, and 20 years plus. And as I said tonight, it's... Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. An unusual thing in today's 
world that people would give that length of service to the same company. Uh, the pattern now seems to be two or three years, move on, go to something else. You know, the loyalty that was there in our day doesn't seem to be there as much. But thankfully, it's still in Ardido Hollow. I think some people come in with maybe a view to spending a couple of years, but they get the bug. Some came in with the idea of spending a summer, indeed, John, as you heard, and they got the bug and are still here. So basically, we looked at the 10-year service, and the first recipient was Sheila O'Keefe. Now, she will be well known to many of your listeners, John. Sheila has come on the, the rural social scheme as a participant, went off then at night, went back to school and back to college in UCC, and she got her diploma in uh, community development and then went on to become a supervisor of the RSS. And I suppose she is known as the mother of RSS in the Duhalla region. She has helped so many farmers to get on the scheme, to you know claim their entitlements, and to, to do good work and to support them in that work. A uh, great woman and a great member of the Tully Lee's drama group as well, and that would be well known there. Of course, she'd be known more locally here as Sheila Guinea from Kiskeem, but she's Sheila O'Keefe now from up Tully Lee's side. Our second recipient was Trina Dinehy, the former Trina Murphy from Boherbui, and Trina joined us in 2007. Um, an amazing young woman, uh, huge energy, amazing uh, intellect and skill. She has gone into great links to get programmes that will help, especially young people who are you know, out of education, out of training, and to help them back into the workplace. And one of the things she recognised was that the importance of having a driver's licence. You know, to get a job in Duhalla, you have to be able to drive. And she has put programmes in place where they can do their practical theory tests and go on to do their training. She has risen through the ranks in that 10 years and she now heads up all our community and employment um, enterprises, um, does huge work, looks after the revamp, SICAP, does leader projects for all Western Duhalo, as well as looking after all the two scenarios she supervises or she's the team leader over all the supervisors. Very enthusiastic and always coming up with new ideas and a great asset to the area. Colm Crowley, from living in Boeing now, of course. Colm joined in 2007 and he heads up our Warmer Home Scheme. Started from like a small acorn that has grown into a big oak. Our Warmer Homes programme in the 10 years, Colm and his team have insulated over 4,000 homes, as well as a number of community centres and community buildings. Um, he has grown the scheme. We now cover not just North Cork, but all of County Kerry, a good bit of Limerick and into South Prairie as well. It's a huge area. Um, himself and the team do great work, very flexible. They're willing to help out with any other job that will happen within the company that's needed. Katie Crowley, who is no stranger to the programme, of course. Uh, Katie has looked after all our agriculture programmes for the last 10 years. Fantastic person, came in 2007 from Rylan originally, and she's now married down in Carriganima, of course, to Stephen Roach. And she said her third baby recently, so she's on maternity leave and came back tonight to join us. And we congratulate them both on the birth of their little girl. So down through the years, she's done many, many jobs. She worked, I suppose, with the small older programme first and would have got to know a lot of farmers in the area. Being a farmer's daughter herself and active in farming herself, very suited to that job. She also supports groups such as the Grow Your Own, the Beekeepers, the Birdwatch Group, like an amazing all-round person without any shadow of a doubt. 
Uh, she also put a lot of the groundwork into getting our LTI programme for horticulture, which is hugely uh, successful in the area. Kasia Miller, um, Kasia is a Polish native, came to Ireland uh, on a kind of an exchange programme just to learn perfect her English. And Kasia came in and started, I suppose, working, doing, you know, kind of administration support in the area. She had a degree, of course, in political science, but hugely flexible, great attention to detail and a very cool head. She ended up in our accounts office and is now our accounts administrator and a fantastic asset to the company. She's a little boy, Alex, and she goes back home. Another farmer's daughter, we visited her home and her farm, fabulous place, and her little boy and herself go back, and I think she'll be going back again after Christmas and returning again to us. But a great asset. We're delighted that she fell in love with Duhallow and has stayed in the place. Marie Fleming, who hails from Turing Cahill, on the Kerry side of the border. She came in 2006 as a clerical officer. And again, she's a girl that has gone on and furthered her own education. She completed her degree in rural development there recently. And she's now the senior administrator, special responsibility for the rural social scheme, heads up our community laundry service as well. She's also secretary of our health and safety committee. And she does all our work for compliance with the Charities Act, the Governance Code, um, the lobbying register, all that kind of work, no bother to her. She spent all her, her childhood and, and her school days, summer holidays, working in the hotels in Killarney. So when we put on a dinner or a festival or something here, Marie takes charge of all that side and the catering and the presentation. Fantastic person. And then we had two people who unfortunately couldn't be here tonight. Mary Creedon, who is on maternity leave, again having had her third little baby, uh, but is due back to work in the next month. Mary joined us in 2006 and has headed up, I suppose, any number of, of jobs within the company, but does a lot of work with the Women's Forum, the Equality for Women programme, and that's now known as PEL, an equality programme. She also worked in rural transport back in the day, and she's now working on Leader and SICAP. She managed the Digital Skills programme, and she has done a lot of work with the Employment and Training Working Group and the Equality Working Group. Um, Fantastic person, looking forward to having her back. The last person who again was in abstentia, Helen O'Sullivan, she's part of our management team along with Trina. And she has just gone out on maternity leave. She's due her second baby in the next week or so, and we wish her well with that. Um, Helen has a wide range uh, of, of projects in her scope, and but the most important bit of news, I suppose, from Helen is that we got the good news today that her big project, uh, a transnational one, the Day of the Regions, which brings all the festivals of Duhallow together, got its funding, and that will be rolled out now during the summer and over the next three years. So she heads up the bereavement support, the domestic violence, looks after the carers group, the elderly networks, um, fantastic spread in her brief. She does the after schools and she's team leader for the Warmer Homes team and also the Narcork Childcare Network. She established that and she works in the SkillsNet programme as well and she supports all the communities in South and Northeastern Dohalo. Um, great person on the staff, great um, team player, great, very full of enthusiasm. We wish her well with the new baby. Um, that Hopefully they'll be home for Christmas and that everything will go well. So then finally, we had two awards 
our second last, we had two awards for the 15-year people. And they were Paddy O'Connor, who is our CE supervisor and has been for over 15 years. In fact, he's here 17 years, John. And from Kiskeham originally, now married here, of course, in Boherbuy. But he has 22 participants placed to Auto Hollow. He will be no stranger to the communities around Ratcool and Kilcorny and Bantir and Boherbuy, and indeed back as far as Ballydaly. And then we also had um, Eileen Linehan, who is also here since 2001. So she just barely missed the 20 years, John. But Eileen is the assistant CEO. She's the right-hand woman here at my side and has a huge brief of work. She's the coordinator for the leader programme. She looks after the Raptor Life, which is our new looked after the the Skillnet Community Employment and all the administration here for the Duhalla Community Food Services. She represents the local development companies on the Cork County Childcare Committee and has been elected its chairman for two terms. She's my right hand. She's a person whose advice and counsel keeps me on the right track, without a doubt. She, of course, did a, a second master's in um, human resource development, HR, and is a fantastic asset to us. Um, I think um, she has been on maternity leave, having had her second little baby. But um, without a doubt, uh, the maternity leave, I think, is only a name because we're on the phone to her. She has her laptop. She opens her emails and she's in contact with us all the time. So um, the company and the people of Duhalo, I think, are very fortunate to have somebody of the calibre of Eileen advocating on their behalf and dedicating her career to rural development. Then the final two were... 20 years plus. And the first one was Derville Corbett, of course, Derville Lucy originally. And Derville is with us since 1999. She came and did her um, ECDL course here and then joined the staff the year later. Uh, An invaluable part of our front office team. Her knowledge of every family and every townland and location in Duhalo is legendary, second to none. She edits our newsletter every month, which most of your listeners will get. It's going to 10,000 homes in the moment. And might I add, we're actually extending it down to the South Cork area. So we'll be doing 15,000 homes from January. So uh, she's a true Duhalla woman and has done huge work for the company. Two decades of service. It's an outstanding achievement. And we're delighted to have her on board. And finally, Margaret O'Connor. Margaret, of course, is daughter of the great Morris O'Keefe, the fiddle player from Kishgame originally. And she's married here now in Newmarket. And she's with us over 21 years. She's our senior accounts administrator. And she has seen so many changes in the company over those 21 years. I think when she started, we had a turnover of something in our administration, I think something in the region of 450,000. And I think this year we'll be around a million and a half. So a huge expansion over that length of time. So she reports directly to the finance working group and she does all the reports for the local authorities, the LCDCs and the departments. Fantastic woman on the board and to congratulate her and thank her sincerely for her 21 years of loyal service to the company. So they were our awards. It was a lovely, a lovely occasion and a great opportunity. And I was delighted to have, have the opportunity to thank those people personally and in public. That's wonderful. Speaking to us more awards, CEO, IRG, 
Would you tell our listeners about the River Allo catchment uh, project? I think it's called uh, the Blue Dot Farmer Scheme. Tell us, please, the correct uh, title for this scheme, the money involved, and how farmers can, in fact, uh, benefit from this as well as helping the environment in general. This is uh, what they call the EIP. Everything is an acronym now, as you know, John. But EIP is short for... European Innovation Partnership and it's the Innovation Partnership for Agriculture and our one is aimed at the Allo catchment area, it'll be the Allo, Dallo rivers and everything in between and it's called Farming for Blue Dot Catchments and the Blue Dot concept is a bit like the blue flag for beaches, that you'd have the blue dot for the uh, rivers and inland lakes. The EIP is European Innovation Partnership for Agriculture, funded from Brussels. It's part of the Rural Development Programme. And the theme that we chose was a farming in a blue dot catchment area. And the blue dot is similar to the blue flag that people will be familiar with for beaches. The blue dot is a new concept which will be awarded to waterways, rivers and river catchments that are of high water quality. Now, the River Allo, of course, we've done a lot of work in the River Allo for the past while with our, um, what we call our Sam OK, the last, last life programme that we worked on. And the farmers there will be very familiar. They've uh, already participated in, you know, fencing back from the river so that cattle can't wander in, uh, you know, trying to keep silt and keep soil and keep, you know, debris out of the river to keep it as clean as possible. So what we will be asking farmers to do in this scheme won't be alien to them. In fact, it is building on what they've been doing already. And I suppose it's one of the things that we absolutely hold fast and believe in in Ayurveda Hollow, that it's not a case of farming versus the environment. It's farming with the environment, because without our farmers, we wouldn't have the environment that we have today. And I think environment protection and knowledge of the environment is something that, you know, needs to be out in the public and needs to be held by the plain people of Duhalo. They are the custodians. They have brought it thus far, and it is those people that will bring it into the future. So we are aiming this programme at about 100 farmers, which is more or less the amount in the catchment. Uh, it works a bit like the walk scheme. Any of our farmers down on the Duhalloway will know that you know, if you have a long-distance walk on through your land, if you maintain the walk, if you maintain the markers and do whatever works are laid out, you will be paid just a little jauntice again at the end of the year, but it makes all the difference. Uh, in this case, we will be looking at, you know, probably fencing back from the river. We will be looking at trying to keep down the rate of phosphorus that's in, entering the river, maybe planting some reeds and that along as, you know, a linear plantation that'll maybe take some of the harm out of the stuff, you know, that's just washing off the land, maybe addressing farm roadways to try and make sure that they don't wash in as well, and basically not damaging the output of the farm in any way, in fact, enhancing it and rewarding the farmers for that work. All of this is against the background of the message clearly coming from Brussels, particularly from the EU Commission and from Commissioner Phil Hogan, that in future, something which farmers took for granted, the BPS basic payment scheme, that basic payment scheme is going to be linked far more closely with the environmental regulations, with the achievement of farmers in complying with the environmental regulations. And of course, top of that is 
wasteful spraying, spraying where the farmer is paying more money than is necessary for using more sprays than would be necessary to achieve the objective. So I understand now that, do hallow in your new booklet, you have details of subsidised courses, grant subsidised courses for farmers, number one, in the broader boom spare operations, and then handheld pesticide applications. So you might please tell our listeners something about that. And again, chainsaw training. But first of all, the environment, your basic payment scheme, and ensuring in the future that you get your full money you're entitled to. Absolutely. And I don't think this is going to be alien for farmers in the area. We'll say, for example, our chainsaw training. You'd say, well, now, what has that got to do with the environment and farming? Well, it has a lot. The safe use of chainsaws is going to be integral for farmers in their hedgerow management. It is so important, like I suppose when I was young, uh, my father and Lord Mercer and all the farmers of his era were getting grants to knock the ditches and any farmer that had too many fields was considered to be, you know, something less than efficient. Now, of course, we realise that that was not a good idea. We need those hedgerows for wildlife protection. We need those hedgerows for, I suppose, protection and shelter for our cattle and our beasts as well. So it's important. The hedgerows aren't just wild things that crop up. They have to be managed. So, I suppose, a proper cutting of, so that they'll strengthen and thicken. Maybe planting things like apple trees inside in the middle, fruit-bearing trees that will, you know, help birds and help other wildlife into the future. Um, they're the kind of things that we are looking at. So that's why we're doing the chainsaw training. Hugely important. If you are cutting down old trees, then it's important to be able to, you know, chop them down and have them for firewood and, you know, that'll all cut down on fossil fuels as well. The sprayer courses are hugely important. Of course, they have to be done now. It's regulation. But at the same time, just the knowledge of knowing that, you know, sometimes, for example, when we're spraying Japanese knotweed, my instinct would be if the tin or the packet said three scoops, I'd put in a fourth, we'd give it a good kill. That's actually not good and it's not clever, I learned in this course. You're better off, if anything, just use the basic amount or a bit less. Because what you don't want to do is burden the leaves too, too quickly. You need the leaf of the plant to live long enough to suck the pesticide down into the root. It's the root you want to kill. So while those of us would be going off, getting a big burden ditch, counterproductive, better off that it didn't burden too quickly and it drew down. So those courses are all part-funded through skill nets. So there is just a small contribution required from the farmers and we will be continuing those those, um, courses into the new year. We produce a booklet. Uh, there's one for the autumn and there'll be another one coming out now in the new year uh, for the skill nets and my colleague Louise Burke and uh, Helen O'Sullivan, they have the details on those. Perhaps you can give our listeners a phone number or a phone contact and a name if possible where people uh, can make contact and inquire more, particularly about the chainsaw training course or the courses for boom spray operations and handheld pesticide applications. Well, our number it's the same number for many years, 029-60633. We've about six lines going into that number, so don't worry, ring it any time. We're open from nine in the morning until half five. And if you ask for Louise Burke, Helene Enright, or Jennifer in the reception, would be happy to take your name and number as well, and the girls will get back to you if they're not at their desk at the time. So 029-60633. And Louise or Helena. 
Thank you very much indeed, Miss Maura Walsh, CEO, IRD Duhallow, for having spoken to the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme. Thank you, Maura, very much indeed. Thank you, John, for having me. A pleasure as always. Thank you. Thanks, Maura. A reminder that the Chagas Sheep Seminar is being held on Tuesday, December 18th, 2018, at Coronmart Formoy, air code P61 E37, time 7pm. On the agenda, Yo Nutrition pre-lambing. Dr. Brian Gary, ruminant, livestock nutritionist, Chagas. Anthelmintic resistance in sheep. Dr. Ora Keane, research officer, Chagas. Clean livestock policy. David Caldwell, Department of Agriculture. And an update on the sheep sector in general. Sean Denny, national sheep chairman, IFA. All welcome to attend. And that's our programme for this morning, the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to John Futter and Controls. And as always, a very special thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in. Have an enjoyable weekend. Next Agri Update on this coming Wednesday at 10pm. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Trusted by generations of farmers. Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Putting your animal nutrition needs first. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.